Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. wanted to do it with. Hey, bud. Let's party. They're the students of Ridgemont High. Uh, Brad Hamilton, the fast food king. I shall serve no fries before their time. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. Linda Barrett, not exactly the girl next door. Awesome. Totally awesome. And Jeff surfs up Spicoli. People on moods should not drive. See Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back, Pat. Welcome back to Barry, the podcast cat. Hello, Barry. Hello, Pat. Hey, man. How's it going? What movie are we doing tonight on the VL Pod? First pod of 2020. Kick it off right, Pat. An 80s classic, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Can we say this is the first teen high school movie ever made? I'm comfortable saying that. Did you pre-research it? Because I'll just agree with it if we did. I think it was because when we did, uh, what was the one we did? Um, we did 16 Candles. I think that was 84 and this was, this 82. was 82. I think this was actually predating 16 Candles. So we wanted to get it where it all started. Right. This was like the grandfather of like your American Pies and those kind of movies. Yeah, very similar to American Pie. Okay, housekeeping, give our shit. VicariousLivingPod at gmail.com and VicariousLivingPodcast on Instagram. The app. Get at us, kids, for all of our good shit. Swag situations, we're past Christmas, but 2020 is the perfect year to get some swag for your loved ones. Valentine's Day is coming up. Oh, I can't think of a better way for you to put a little something in there for your wife. Or husband, mm-hmm. or girlfriend, or boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, nothing sets the mood like a nice 50-50 cotton poly blend. Nice soft fabric. I always say that. Great style, great logo. Buy one. I always also say that. Also slide into our DMs if you'd like. Chocolates, candies, flowers, 50-50 cotton poly split on swag situations. Yeah. That's a recipe for sex on Valentine's Day night, fellas. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Should we get into the plot? I have got fun facts galore. Yeah, let's get into the plot. Okay, plot reads as Stacy Hamilton, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, is a pretty but inexperienced teen interested in dating. Given advice by her uninhibited friend, Linda Barrett, a.k.a. Phoebe Cates. Mm-hmm. Much more on her as we go along. Stay tuned. Stacy gets trapped in a love triangle with nice guy Mark Ratner, 
aka Rat, and his more assured buddy Mike Damone. Meanwhile, Stacy's classmate Jeff Spicoli, Sean Penn, who lives for surfing and being stoned, faces off against Mr. Hand, a strict teacher who has no time for the slacker's antics. That's the that's the go. plot. <laughs> there you go. It's always hard. Um, like right when like this movie starts, especially with one of these big ensemble casts, to just digest everything that's happening at the same time. It's it goes like yeah. Fast and Furious trying to figure out who is going to be important, who is not going to be important, trying to like get all the characters straight. But I feel like it slowed down once we got into it. Yeah, and another tough thing about this movie is there was a rough plot going on throughout the movie, but I would say for the most part, it was kind of just like. A slice of teen life. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like on this pod, we're not going to have a ton of like, this happened in the plot. It led to this, which led to this, which because I think for the most part, it was just snippets of a year in a high school senior's life. And this is the first time I've seen this movie. Is this same. Movie? Same with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I did notice like one of the things we, I think it starts at the beginning of the school year and by the end of the movie, it's all the way at the end. Like, probably 10 minutes in there's a christmas scene and i was like wait what the fuck is this like fast forwarding and then in my mind the title double entendre fast times at ridgemont high are we thinking are you with me on this yeah that that's a nod to some of the promiscuous behavior in this movie as well as them speeding up the plot so quickly oh because it like makes you think that like high school is it's over in like the blink of an eye kind of thing yeah i don't mean yeah i don't want to start too deep Usually we wade into kind of stuff like this, but no, it actually it ties to a fun fact where the this was a first time director, Amy Heckerling, and she said that she was seeking to make a comedy that was less structured than conventional ones and more like American Graffiti, which was made in 1973, so that if you woke up and found yourself living in the movie, you'd be happy. I wanted it to have that kind of feel. I think she nailed it. Yeah, like there's you, a, you wake, there you is could, really no plot. There's yeah, you could just people doing things. You could wake up at any point or like find yourself at any point in this movie, and it's not like oh shit, I need to go and and start from the beginning. You can like plop yourself in at any time. Right. That's why it took me like 15 yeah. minutes of watching this movie as I was like fast and furious taking notes, trying to figure out what was going on to realize like oh, I think it's just that was the just feel. Some high school kids, which. This director, I like that she took that approach. She's done some interesting other things, though. She is the director of Clueless. Great movie. That'll be done on this pod at some point. I think it's already been reserved. Who reserved it? He Brian's checking his notes right now. I gotta now. look at it. It's uh, Lauren S. Okay. She's let... reserved like five movies, though. So who knows <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let her have it. Lauren S. always uh, slam dunks these, so... So she did Clueless that. This is yours, Lauren S. She did European Vacation, and then she even directed a couple episodes of The Office. Interesting. And another teen hit that we will probably do at some point on this pod. Has Lauren S. reserved it? No. Okay. It's a show, though. Gossip Girl. Oh. That'll be a good one to, okay. to do, like, four pods. I feel like that, we've been, uh, we've been circling that one for a while. Yeah. That one we will do at some point. That's a little more current. And then um, last interesting thing on uh, just who made this movie. Writer Cameron Crowe, who is a big name. Yeah. He did Almost Famous, Say Anything, 
hit. <laughs> Jerry Maguire and one of my favorite movies of all time, Vanilla Sky. No big deal. So this movie star-studded uh, in the writing and directing department. Okay. Time to guess some Rotten Tomatoes. Where do you net out, Pat? Um, full disclosure, I saw this one. Oh, then don't say. Then let me guess. I'm going to guess 82%. And I'm going to guess 84 Is that what it was? I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> so then why memory you test. Just Live memory test on the pod. You could have just guessed. Hmm. We're both pretty close. 78 percentile. 80% with the audience. Wow. That's right. I feel good about our guesses. I don't because I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> I literally looked at it before we watched the movie. <laughs> um, I do not feel good about that. But yeah, that's right in that range. I'll always watch a movie that's over 75. Oh, dude, if it's around 80, I mean, lock it in for just a classic movie. Um, this movie was also ranked number two on Entertainment Weekly's 50 Best High School Movies of All Time. I'm for it. I didn't look at the full list, so I have no idea what number one is, but I'm assuming it is She's All That? Probably. It's gotta be. <laughs> I mean, that's the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> um, okay, so then the last thing I want to do before we get into our player breakdown is this movie was dangerously close to getting an X rating. Um, I could see that. I mean, I feel like, and I'm assuming they probably cut some stuff out to get to where they were. Yes. Um, it was one of those things in my mind, I was like, this is kind of weird because there's definitely a lot of nudity, definitely yeah. a lot of like super heavy content so, for a teen movie. I was like, I wonder if the things were just lawless in the 80s. Like, who are they marketing this towards? And that's what kind of led me to that American Pie kind of thing because that was a teen movie and it was also super raunchy. So... First off, to your point, this movie had never been done before. It was the first of its kind. There were no American Pies to go off of. So it was essentially like, I think they were saying, we want to push the envelope with a with a movie that resonates with teens. So it's going to be like, you know, teens are always talking super like raunchy or just talking about yeah. sex all the time, cussing constantly. But they're like, how far do we go? Because like, what's too far? We don't know. We don't have a blueprint for this. So there were two scenes that... One scene that they had to cut down extremely was the sex scene between Mike Damone and Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, they probably could have whacked a couple more seconds off that. <laughs> yeah, so they <laughs> it was sh still pretty. Uh... It was still pretty graphic, and uh -huh. she she goes half nude from the top up. Mm -hmm. Doesn't show down below; just shows from top up. But then they show a graphic sex scene of him going to completion. After 30 seconds. Rare. Actually, after 10 seconds. But the whole thing about that scene was it was originally filmed where they take their clothes off, they both stare at each other, and the director wanted to show how awkward it is for two people who are having sex for the first time. So they showed a full frontal nudity of Mike Damone, the guy, dick and balls included. Right. And they cut that because they're the people who were reviewing it, they were like, you either have to cut that or the carrot blowjob scene. Oh, it was one of those like kind things. of negotiation things. Where... Yeah, they're like, you can have one. If you're going to have a high school girl teaching another girl how to give a blowjob with carrots, totally cool. But then you have to take out 
the dick full frontal scene. That's hilarious. I, I really like how that goes down. And I've heard stories about it. And I would love to be able to fly on the wall for some of those conversations. Like you hear people like that are writers or creating a show getting interviewed and they're they're with the uh, the lawyers like, all right, you <laughs> yeah. got to take out two. All right. you can, If you take out three of the shits, you can have one fuck. Yeah. For like that kind of, I think that stuff actually goes down. So it's crazy yeah. that they, uh, <laughs> they had to make that choice. Yeah. And that also that carrot blowjob scene was also originally filmed in a hot tub instead of them at school doing it with carrots. It was filmed with them two in a hot tub, both completely naked. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that was that was definitely dialed down a few notches as well. I wonder if this, like, when this came out in 82, it definitely smacks of one of those that just had a ton of buzz around it, I'm assuming. Oh, this movie's, like, like could, classic. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, it's classic. But when this comes out in the theaters, people go to see it, and then it's just like, oh, all this crazy stuff's happening oh, in my this God. movie. There's all this nudity. Phoebe Cates, classic scene. We'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. And then it's definitely one of those movies where I feel like half of the people that want to go see it had to sneak it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, probably like a big sneak-in. Oh, Parents, yeah. you like, you're not allowed to see it, but you go see it anyways. It makes me nervous because this movie came out in 82, and my parents were graduated high school in like 78, 79. So they're basically living this lifestyle? <laughs> Thinking about like my dad sneaking into this movie or like there being a lot of taboo around him going to this definitely just makes my stomach really hurt. Yeah. Moving on. Homework for you, you gotta ask your dad if he's seen this movie. (laughs) Definitely not. Okay, should we do a player breakdown? Are you ready? Yes. We got to start with Sean Penn because honestly, he was like my favorite character in this movie. And I think this role for him is like infamous. Oh, yeah. Like I've heard of him in this role without ever seeing the movie. Let's his his character in this has become a stereotype to the fact that people just call people like a Spicoli. Yeah. If you're like a stoner. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's uh, set the tone so that the kids get the feel for who Spicoli is. I'm going to play a quick clip. Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. I know that, dude. Mr. Spicoli. That's the name they gave me. You're ripping my car. Yeah. Hey, bud, what's your problem? No problem at all. I think you know where the front office is. You dick! <laughs> he just he he does pl- play a stoner like perfectly. The interesting thing on this is that he went full method, really, for this role. He had it's classic Sean Penn, dude. It's so classic Penn. He he put what do the people call to work in movies? Movie people. Yeah, he made the movie people just put Spicoli on his trailer door. And he would only answer to that name the whole time that he was filming. He wouldn't answer to Sean Penn. Another big thing about this movie is that he's always wearing Vans shoes. Mm-hmm. Those white and black checkered ones? 
This was like the time for product placement. 82. Is this when like E.T. was coming out and making yep. it hot? That is the most famous product placement in movie history. Reese's Pieces in E.T. Previously, the, was it not happening? It was not happening at all. And then E.T. did that and everyone realized like, holy fuck. Like companies are like, we can... We're just, sitting on an untapped gold mine right yeah, now. This is just like advertisement gold so vans was like they were not a well-known shoe company at all and they got together with the movie and they were like prop our shoes up and like make the shoes a part of the story and they did that and vans like is now vans yeah he's wearing them most of the time he's carrying them a lot at one point he's hitting himself in the head with them to test oh yeah how stoned he is yeah they're huge (laughs) in the uh in the movie that's a nice tidbit Dude, should we just play a clip of the damn Daniel clip? Now I'm just thinking about it with Vans. Uh-huh. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the white van. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the white vans. You never seen that? That's like a very famous YouTube video that the it was like one of the first famous YouTube videos and the guys who were in that like went on the Ellen show. And it's literally just some guy in high school yelling damn Daniel to this guy who's just wearing white vans. I want to see how many views it has on YouTube. 42 million views on YouTube. Wow. You are not one of them. No. <laughs> now I am. <laughs> yeah, so it just, anytime I think of Vans, I think of that. Anything else on Sean that, Penn? I just like this character because when I think of Sean Penn, I just think of the most serious human being in the entire world. Oh, yeah, I know. Right? I know. So it's funny that that was like one of his first big roles. Yeah, like, I, yeah, serious Sean Penn of like, he gets arrested all the time. He's like the most woke, freaks out. Anytime an interviewer like asks him a question, he's always up on like a pedestal, freaking out and what getting pissed. What are some of his other big roles? Because I'm, I'm blanking on him, even oh, though he's dude. like super famous and in so much he's stuff. So famous. He. I read this thing that the most and kids fact check me on this because I don't know if this still holds true, but it said that the longest that he's ever gone between Oscar nominations is five years. Really? And it was between Mystic River in 2003 and Milk in 2008. Dry spell. Everybody has them. Uh, let's see. What else has he been in? Just give me, give me his next. Oh big... my God! Don't even. I am Sam is like the worst movie ever made. No. Oh, All I think about is Tropic Thunder when I, I think of I am time. Sam. Oh. Give me. So give me his first couple movies after Fast Times because I just want to see that. No, that's uh. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Um, yeah, just give me his <laughs> give me his first couple roles after Ridgemont High. I want to see this trajectory. Okay. Because I'm assuming he was at some kind of a crossroads after that. Like he could either go down that path or get super serious, which he did. After that, I'm not really seeing him until anything I recognized until 1993 with Carlito's Way and Dead Man Walking in 95. But... I think a lot of it, Gangster Squad, I think a lot of it, though, is movies in the 80s that you and I just haven't really heard of that were big. Either way, he was getting Oscar nominations, apparently, though. 
like in the 80s and 90s. So Legend. And we all know who he is. So, Sean Penn, we know who he is. He's huge. Last thing on him, um, he really smoked weed in this movie. That scene when he falls out of the van with all that weed smoke coming out, they were really smoking weed in that. Because he was going method. In there. Makes sense. Okay, let's get off of Sean Penn. Enough time on him. Jennifer Jason Lee. I'm just going to call her JJL. JJL plays Stacy. Stacy. Any thoughts you have on her? Do you want me to just go right into my thing? Uh, dry hair. Yeah, a lot of information that we were getting from intern Whitney on 80s hair tonight. I still don't totally understand it. Yeah, it wasn't. There's some math involved, seemingly, and some science. It was just always a question I had, like when you watch these movies back from the 80s, everybody's hair was kind of bad. It's like big and thick. It all looks thick and frizzy. And it makes everyone's heads look huge. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know what's happening with the product. Like, was the shampoo bad? I just don't think the technology is there yet. Yeah, hair technologies weren't there yet. I cannot place her from anything. Neither can I. But I know her name. I've heard her name. And you know what I think it is? Actually, I just thought of this. I think I've seen her a lot pop up on like celebrity nude sites, and that's how I know her name. Really? Yeah, it's just, it just, you just absorbed me. it through osmosis that way. I think so, because um, I was like, I know her name from so much shit, but like, I was looking through her whole IMDb, and I literally did not recognize one thing that she was in. Whitney said that she knew her from uh, the show called Atypical. She plays like a mom or something, but I've never even heard of that show. It's weird, too. I, uh, I didn't make the same uh, celebrity nude science connection that you did, but I've definitely heard the actress's name way more than I recognized her face. So here's the interesting thing, though. Apparently, I can't place her because she is notorious for turning down a lot of roles that ended up becoming huge and famous. <laughs> Just a bad luck person. <laughs> I went on this whole deep dive and found this site, and it was like, roles that jjl is famous or turning down just let, let me read some of these off the accused with jodie foster batman returns catwoman she was supposed to play catwoman uh michelle pfeiffer a beautiful mind went to jennifer connelly boogie nights julianne moore's role charlie's angels she was supposed to be the drew barrymore role eyes wide shut um nicole kimmon's role fatal attraction flash dance Gangs of New York's Cameron Diaz's role, Ghost, Demi Moore's role, Hannibal, L.A. Confidential, Kim Basinger role, Pretty Woman, Superman as Lois Lane, Taxi Driver, and Diane Lane's role in Unfaithful. Wow. So my question is, was she just making poor choices and taking other movies, or is she just lazy and not really like to work? I think she's like a massive... From what I could gather, she's a massive type A personality where she just goes so balls deep in like every role where she's like fully researched. It's been vetted. She's like a thousand percent all in. So my guess is like she started to dig into some of these roles and she just always found something where she's like, no, that's not right. She got in her own way. She got in her own head. And she's such like a OCD person that she talked herself out of all these roles of like, that's going to be the wrong choice. It's like, damn lady, just pull the fucking trigger on some of these. I mean, these are all hits. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Judge Reinhold, AKA Brad. I know him from King of Queens and the Santa Claus. 
Nothing else. Do you know him from anything? No. He was bigger in the 80s. Only fun fact I had on him. So Brad is... I'll say say this. I know him because I've heard that name many a times. And I've always just assumed it was like a daytime TV judge. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Like... Judge Judy, Judge Reinhold. Judge Joe Brown. I just thought he was one of those guys. And I'm not doing like legitimately. Right. He's not. He's an actual actor. Okay. Um... It, he's the brother of JJL in this movie. He's got he's part of a scene that we watched twice tonight, the aforementioned nude scene that we we're just gonna let build and build and build before we even talk about it. Yeah, Whitney went in the kitchen during that scene, and uh-huh. we figured that like maybe she accidentally did, and we didn't want to like we didn't want her to miss it. So right, that's why right, we round right, right. That was right, right, right. It was not for us. Okay, next one. Let's get to her. Phoebe Cates. Now, I was getting the sense that you had a bit of a crush on this character. Oh, god damn, dude. I just, first thing I wrote is this had to have been every dude's dream girl in the 80s. Had to have been. I'd imagine so. Because she's now my dream girl in 2019. It started to get... Going back to the, like, this movie having a bunch of buzz in the 80s. Like when things were just different and it was all word of mouth and you had to go see it in the theater or else you weren't going to get to see it. Like I feel like people were going back to the theater like two or three times just to to see that. Let's hold on. We got to hold on that nude scene though because I want to spend at least 47 minutes on it. Tease number three. Tease number three. So she came out with a bang in this movie with this nude scene and essentially just retired like 10 years after this movie. I think she got so famous from that nude scene and it was she got famous for like a reason she didn't want to be that she was just like over Hollywood because I was look again looking through her IMDb didn't find like any she acted a little bit in the 80s after this and then like started to peter out in the early 90s and then just full-on retired in the 90s married the actor Kevin Klein, just started having kids and just chilled out. Yeah, it's I. It's interesting because that like the reason I uh, was fascinated with figuring out what Sean Penn's next moves after this were. Like you would think he could have easily just gone down a path where, how many years after this movie do you think people just called him Spicoli on the streets? Oh, like oh Spicoli. Pro- I bet. People and then are somehow still he that. just transcended that. Yeah, I she bet probably, at least like eight years. Yeah, she probably. I guess. Had a couple swings and misses after this and just stayed the uh, girl in the red bikini. But here's the thing. If you don't want to stay having that tie of the girl in the red bikini in like the most famous nude scene of all time, then you have to do what Sean Penn did and just keep acting and like make yourself known for doing other things. Right. So your point to her probably getting burnt out and tired of the life makes sense. Yeah, but now she's going to go down in history. Like now Sean Penn is known for a ton of other things. She's just going to always be remembered for this one thing and nothing else. Not the worst thing to be remembered for. No. I mean... Tease number four. Tease number four. Okay, last ones on the characters. We're rounded out with these small actors who were actually in this movie. But besides one of these guys, I don't think they had any words. And it was so weird to see these big characters without big roles. Forrest Whitaker. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like the big football jock. He has a couple scenes in this, but has to have under like two lines of dialogue. Yeah. 
Anthony Edwards. I bet you don't even know who that is. He was the one of the he was the bald guy in ER. Oh, you're talking about he was, was in, this, he in this movie. He was just, he, just I, I saw him for like a quick second and then he was gone. And then the biggest one, the one that I saw a lot of information about when I was doing research on this movie and I thought he was going to have a big role. And then I saw him in two scenes, no words, and about 30 total seconds of screen time. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> or how he was known at this time, Nicholas. Coppola. Ah, hadn't moved over to the cage yet. Hadn't Hadn't gotten into the cage. He hadn't stepped fully into the cage that is Nick. I was so disappointed because when I was going through the IMDb, I saw him in here. I was like, yes. Yes, 82 Nick Cage. I'm in. And he was in it for such a small amount of time that I I literally missed him. Both times. I was like looking down or doing something and I, I did not see him in this movie. He was a, a friar, one of the burger friars at Brad's uh, first job. And then he was just randomly jumping around at the football game in the stands. This was his first film. So a lot of heat on this because he was 17 when he filmed this, but he lied and said he was 18 to like avoid all the child labor laws. Because, like, in all those laws, it's like you can't work more than, like, four hours a day or whatever. So getting child actors is always tough because you only have, like, a small window to shoot their scenes. So he wanted to make himself available for everything. So he just lied about his age. He went by Coppola at this time because when he first started acting, he thought that he was going to ride the coattails of his uncle, Francis Ford Coppola, a.k.a. Godfather guy. Yeah, like one of the most famous directors ever. And so I read this blurb on him. So Nicolas Cage actually taunted the rest of the cast by bragging about his uncle, Francis Ford Coppola. He told all the other young actors that he would be famous faster than any of them because he had the connections. (laughs) After a few weeks of this, the cast started to strike back by doing imitations of Robert Duvall in Apocalypse Now which finally got Cage to stop bragging about his famous family. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like some like well-needed classic teen bullying. Yeah. Just crazy. Do you know who else is a Coppola? Who? Jason Schwartzman. Really? Yeah. He's Nick Cage's nephew or cousin. God damn, that family runs fucking deep. Talented family. Holy shit. Can that family fucking bring the heat? I think that does it on characters. All the other ones, they're small. We'll we'll get to them as we go along. But it, it, are you good with just getting into the actual movie now? Yeah, let's get in the meat. A little Tom Petty.
American Girl. You know a movie's going to be good. When the intro, like, everybody's coming into school for the first day montage is happening underneath this song. It's just going to be a good movie. This movie had some good music. I liked it. I love Tom Petty, dude. Tom Petty was my ringtone for like a solid year and a half. Really? Back when ringtones were an actual thing. R.I.P. Did uh did it end up doing the thing where you now hate the song that was your ringtone, or you still just have a warm feeling for it? No, I still have a warm feeling for it. For me, that only happened with alarms. Right, right. I think we've delved into that. Yeah, and it was the quickest way to just make you hate the. Do you remember fuck out of the uh, song. ringback tones? Yeah. Like fuck. I feel like those were the worst because I never set one up, but if you did set one up, yeah, you got no enjoyment out of it. Only. Like, people that would call you would hear it. And then I feel like the person who set it up initially just forgot that it was happening. Oh, my God. And so I that any time you called, it would just just basically annoy anybody who's trying to get a hold of you. A lot of weird Ring things. Ring back tone. Weird concept. Weird concepts and a lot of just weird things that used to happen when, like, in the early stages of cell phones. Like, remember there was a short time when people would, like, would have an answering message that just said, like, hello? Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, sorry, I'm not here right now. Leave a message after the beep. And whenever you'd call them, they'd answer and you'd be like, Yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> I was just watching the show. Um, shit, why can't I think of it? Uh, Succession. Have you yeah, been watching that? I need to. It's on my list. There's a basically, I think it's Kieran Culkin. I, there, I know there's a character on there who uh, has one <laughs> in <of> 2019. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so perfect for this character because in 2019, I couldn't think of anything douchier to do. I know. Dude, that, that, by the way, we just talked about this on the last pod, that what just happened is the reason why Netflix is kind of ruining everything. Like you say, have you seen Succession? And I say, no. And it's like, okay. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. That was like the perfect real-time <laughs> callback example from last episode. Moving hey, on. when you do see it, let me know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I see it in a year, dude, uh, you will have totally moved on to like 30 other shows. So mm-hmm. we'll never talk about su- succession. Um, okay. I got to hit it early and often on this podcast because hit it, it hit me fucking quick. And that is four. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, my M-C-I-T-double. You, and it gets set up with this clip. So, you working hard or hardly working? (laughs) (laughs) You look like you could still be in high school. Yeah, I know, everybody says that. How old are you? 19. How old are you? 26. Think we could still be friends? So, what can I get for you? How about a meatball sandwich? A medium Coke and your phone number. It's going to fucking Ron Johnson, dude. <laughs> it's going to Ron Johnson. This guy, he was only in the movie initially, and he has sex with Jennifer Jason Lee, and he's like the cool hot guy, but he creeps me the fuck out so hard. He, we didn't see him again after the first 10 minutes, but I hated him so much in the first 10 minutes that I'm like, well, he's fucking getting it. I was going to say, by cool hot guy, do you mean 26-year-old pedophile? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, Ron Johnson, 
You get it. The Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week, the MCITW, and that is brought to you by Wicklowware. W-I-C-K-L-O-W-Ware. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at Wicklowware.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 10% off of your order. $30 on the baseball tees, $20 on the tanks, $40 on the hooded sweatshirts. Pat, do you love the swag? Do you want the swag? So bad. We hope you also get the swag. Kids, MCITW, it is going to Ron Johnson. Yes, to your point, I wrote down 26-year-old trying to get with a high schooler. Creepy as fuck. He has a very Ted Bundy vibe to him. Mm-hmm. I, If he continued to be a character in this movie, I was just going to continue to call him Ron Ted Bundy Johnson. But he <laughs> doesn't. He goes away in the movie, so I can't. I just, I had to give it to him because I was like, this guy, his move is, he's 26. Mm-hmm. He goes to the fucking mall on a Friday night and he just eats in the food court by himself Mm -hmm. to pick up the high school 17 and a half year olds who are working at said food court. Mm -hmm. That's his move. And when he's at the food court, he hands them a business card Uh to give them his contact information and then proceeds to just take one of the high schoolers the main character in this case, to the local kids' baseball field on a Saturday night and just full-on sexually assaults her. Yeah. Uh, so. His his, uh, his idea of an, a date is basically just pulling up to a baseball field and uh, just bringing her to the dugout, I'm assuming. That was the dugout, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then just full-on rape. Like, welcome to the fucking Me Too movement, Ron Johnson. And it, it was weird because you could tell this move this of anything dated this movie this really creepy scene he just brings this like 16 year old girl and forces himself on her in a baseball dugout with this weird tongue out kissing and face touching that was creeping us all out mm-hmm. and uh it it was pretty creepy he it was creepy if they, he they have in. they have sex and we're watching this like, oh my god, is this about to be like a dark twist in this movie where she's dealing with the fallout of this emotionally the whole rest of the time? No. And then it turns out that it just cuts to the next day and she's kind of like bragging about it with Phoebe Cates. Just like, oh, this is way, way pre-me too. So here's, yeah, I think that, and okay, we got to pull out our woke badges. Pull them out, but we're just going to do it for a second, kids. In a second, we'll put our woke badges right back away. Woke badge out. What I would say is that scene could not get made in 2019. No. No. It it could not get made. It was, I think what the director was trying to showcase was a lot of girls, their first time having sex is not that magical moment that girls probably grow up thinking their first sex time is going to be. It's probably going to be with some random dude. Whitney, you dad? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay? Whitney, Are you injured? Whitney died. She's. We pulled out our woke badges, and Whitney behind the glass just she's she cringes at the thought of us, mm-hmm. you know, touching these topics. But hold on. Anyways, what I will say is it couldn't get made in 2019. But I I think the director wanted to showcase that like it's not all magical. Your first time having sex is usually not that way. It usually happens where it's like a weird, awkward situation. And awkward it was. And awkward it was. Now, woke badges, 
while they're up, I would say probably different ways to showcase that in 2019. Probably. Uh, Ron Johnson, you have the right to remain silent. Anything mm-hmm. you say or do can be used against you in the court of law. In the woke court of law. Now, let's put the woke badges away. Put them away. I don't like doing it. By the way, uh, did you know what Ron Johnson ended up doing? No. Opened a surf job in Florida. Ron John. <laughs> what? What is this? What is that? Ron John Surf Shop. I don't know what that is. I'm not a surfer. You've never been to Ron John's? No. Have you ever been to like a vacation with your family? Yeah. A couple times. Vacation. You never bought a Ron John t-shirt at the beach? No. I guess that's a joke I'm just not getting. Hopefully the kids get that. Hopefully you just cut that entire thing out. <laughs> no, I'll keep that in. There will be some kids out there that get the Ron John joke. If you uh, get that that's joke, on I, it's If on you me. get that joke... Um, Email into the show at vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Get out as kids if you know what And the until fuck then, I'll just about. be hanging out here on this limb by myself. <laughs> okay, but we didn't even talk about the actual clip I played. So to tie up this MCITW, let's go all the way back. The clip I played is him saying, You working hard or hardly working? <laughs> and I just want to say to tie a bow on this fucking MCITW that kids. If you ever hear anyone say the saying, are you working hard or hardly working dead serious? Or you ever hear anyone in the workplace say, Pat, Pat. Yeah. You're going to love working at this company. dude. Oh, yeah. No. You're going to love. I'm excited. You're going to love working at this company. Let me tell you why. We work hard, but at the end of the day, we play hard. Two. I quit. You've made the right decision. Goodbye. Have a good life. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that should go every time. Kids, fucking run away if anyone ever says they work hard and they play hard to you. And with that, we will say Ron Ted Bundy Johnson. Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklowware. Okay. Let's get into the actual movie, dude. I wrote, it starts off, Brad's having a tough day. Brad gets fired, and then he gets dumped all in the same week. Yeah. Tough. Brad Brad seems to be killing it at first. He's got this cool car. Uh He's got five payments left on his cool car. Uh He's got a job. He's got a girlfriend. Things are going well. Brad's on top of the world, and then Brad's not on top of the world. No. Things start (laughs) turning around, and it all starts with this guy who... Basically, I guess there's a like a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee at the restaurant that Brad works at, and this guy comes up and says the breakfast, quote unquote, was not the best breakfast he's ever had, and he would like a refund. Yes, yes. This guy in this situation is my worst nightmare. I love what you did there. You organically transitioned us into the Ryan Philippi Practice Hero Award. And I've got nominees for you. And again, kids, this is the award for the characters. They don't get a lot of screen time, but when they do, they're doing way too much. And we wish they would do less. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice.
practice, man. Practice? I mean, how silly is that? That guy's on the list. Yeah, angry. Number (laughs) angry customer. Yikes. He's so he's just this fucking customer who gets mad at Brad because it's not the best breakfast in the world. He does that douche move where he eats the entire. Did Jerry say that? No. He eats the entire fucking meal and then he goes up and complains. And then he gets this fucking kid who's just out of high school fired for some to save what to get seven and a half dollars back. I guess on his breakfast. And Brad's basically just like, yeah, I think there's some paperwork that we have to fill out. You just got to fill out this form and then we can get it all going. Because obviously you would have to, for the accounting to work at the end of the day, it would look the same as if Brad was just giving out free food to his friends. Right. You have to fill out the form. Yes. Like this guy, Mr. Fucking Rules, uh-huh. Mr. Red Tape, he should know this kind of shit. Uh-huh. Like you want to play the game, play. you got to play the game. Play. You got to fill out the form if you want the free breakfast. Yeah. I hate this guy. He fucking sucks. So he's on the list. He's in the consideration set. I'm going to let you pick. I'm going to lay out the other three. He's one. Number two would be Mr. Hand the Teacher. Big time practice hero. This guy, I just kept envisioning. So this teacher has like a personal vendetta going on with Sean Penn Spicoli the entire time. It's like a mano a mano. I'm sure for every teacher, this kid is your worst fucking nightmare. <laughs> but this teacher... I just had in my mind the whole time that he was like this dead serious actor that he he acted in the, you know, the golden age of cinema, dude. He was in like the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, 70s. He's been acting all the decades. He's been fucking <laughs> acting for like 50 years and he's like now 85 and he's at the tail end and he just picked up this this role as Mr. Hand the teacher in uh Fast Times at Ridgemont High and I just imagine him on the set just like, fuck, God, where did it go wrong? I'm now doing this raunchy, like this heist, it doesn't even exist yet. And I'm doing this fucking role with all these idiots just making this like sex, X-rated sex movie of high schoolers. What the fuck? So Mr. Hand. He does, I mean, he does do an important, like, he does a good job of playing that teacher that everybody's had an experience with. Oh, yeah. He's such a dick. For no reason. Yeah, where you're just like, dude, why do you... Is this your whole life? He's just trying... For some reason, he's just trying to run this class with an iron fist. And when things don't go his way... Watch out. Watch out. out. He's going to show up to your house on a fucking... On on prom night and just make you sit there at your own house in your bedroom... Yeah, that's what that's since we're since we're dealing with him now. That's what he ends up doing towards the end of the movie. He comes on prom night to Spicoli's room while he's getting ready, just unannounced. Spicoli's getting, I think he's just smoking a bong, yeah, something, yeah, (laughs) and before uh, prom, yeah. And the teacher comes in and he's got a a documented list of exactly how much time Spicoli has wasted in the class. Yep, about eight hours. And he said, I'm going to waste all of your time now to make things even. Oh my God, what an aggressive Ryan Phillippe move, dude. Kind of fun for the movie, but dude, do fucking less. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that scene in full because I I have a full breakdown of that coming shortly. Okay, uh, last two characters. We'll do these. We'll do these quick. Oh no, there's only one more character. One more character. I'll do this quick. It's Mike Damone. He's the creepy, wheeling and dealing friend of Mark the Rat, the nice guy who's trying to get with JJL. 
I put him on there. I know he's more of a starter, but I put him on there just because he's giving a lot of like that illogical teen advice that we love so much where you're just like, you know, I'll play a clip in here of some of his advice. When ordering food, you find out what she wants, then order for the both of you. It's a classy move. Now, the lady will have the linguine and white clam sauce and a Coke with no ice. And five. Now, this is most important, Rat. Comes down to making out whenever possible. Put on side one of Led Zeppelin four. Dude, nothing I love more in these movies and shows is <laughs> is the uh, the unsolicited advice from a guy who barely knows more than you do. I know it's awesome. Yeah. So just for the fact that he's using teen logic to give advice, and he's maybe had sex once in his life, <laughs> and he's now an expert. He's in there. So it's the bet. I mean, I feel like. Like one of the things he says is, dude, if you're going to be making out, number one rule, side one of Led Zeppelin 4. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, let's play a little taste of what that actually is. I couldn't think of a worse song to be making out to. <laughs> it's like so. It's Thank like you. a jacked up, like. Thank you, Mike Demont. <laughs> We're setting the mood. Mood. Okay. There's three characters. You got the fucked out fucking guy at the restaurant who gets a high, an innocent high schooler fired over seven and a half dollars. You have Mike Demone who is using Teen Logic to fuck up this entire cast. And then you have Mr. Han, the teacher, who is just some fucking renegade uh, actor who's been going for 50 years and he should have just retired 10 years ago. Who are you giving the Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award to? For me, it's got to go to the, the dick customer. Simply yeah. because he had such a small role and he did so much with it. One scene. He blows ass so much and like you always just are like, why and do less? Like, why do less, guy? You're never going to get in the game. Why are you picking me up full fucking court? Fucking do less. Listen, guy, just go to work. Just throw your breakfast away and go to work. Yes, this isn't the game. So for me, Mr. Hand and Mike Damone were kind of in the game making moves. So... This guy is a practice hero. The guy at the restaurant. One scene gets a high schooler for five or seven and a half dollars. That's the definition of practice hero. So I'm good with that. Okay. Back to plot. Let's do a little plot recap just to get ourselves right before we get into the scene. The scene that we have teased no less than four or five times already. Lay out what's happening next. Well, we got JJL. She goes out with the little boy. Mark the rat. <laughs> yeah, so Stacy, aka uh, JJL, I think she's trying to get in the dating game, seemingly. She's got her friend Phoebe Gates, who is like telling her all about sex, telling her about boys, and she's just like, I want to do that. I need to keep up with my friend. So she meets Mark. What is his name? Mark the rat. Ratner, yeah. aka the rat, who is this uh, weird little boy. <laughs> with a huge hat yeah and he just has a big crush on her so he asks her out and they go on a date to this gigantic restaurant and by gigantic i mean all the furniture is huge and they're just sitting at this weird table 
I don't. We were talking about how they must have like um, had specially made the table and chairs, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. because it was perfect. Because I loved it. if you go out on a date in high school, you feel oh. like such a little child. Oh my god! And they like they. I don't know if mise en scene would be the right word, but yeah, the, the, the set be. department did perfect. In I this. think and it's it, pronounced mise en scene. Uh, they played this perfectly because they had these huge chairs and this huge table where these two high school kids are like. It looks like Alice in Wonderland. Like, just like seeing <laughs> you can barely see them. And the waitress is huge, this huge German woman like looming over them. I think she was standing up on crates. Yeah. And yeah, the chairs were built for like seven foot eight people. Yeah. So without even having to say it, just using the set decoration, they showed how much of like a little boy you feel trying to go out and date in high It was school. perfect though. It was perfect. I still remember to this day the first date I ever went on with like a girl I was really into, TGI Fridays. Nice. And dude. Did you order up some apps? I have no idea. The whole fucking night was a blur. I have no idea because I felt exactly like that little little boy, Mark the Rat, in this movie. Like, it feels like everything is at a 10 out of 10. I remember, it's like one of those classic things, like at now this would move no needle. But like on your first date in high school at TGI Fridays mm-hmm. with a, your first like real girlfriend situation. I remember, I think I got something that had a baked potato in it. Is like a side and there was sour cream and I had my fork and I was going to like take a bite of the baked potato with sour cream and fucking like a dunce idiot dropped the fucking fork and obviously it landed like on her shoe and got sour cream all over her fucking shoes and like in the shoes Mm. and I was just like like now that's like a god damn it you know you're just like pissed. (laughs) <laughs> but then it's like 10 out of 10 disaster in my head that dropping of the fork and the sour cream essentially got me dumped yeah no like, was, <laughs> i'm sure there's a direct that relation. was the fucking reason and it, so i like this, that scene because i thought it, it portrayed yeah, this, it perfectly. this is me before a dance at the olive garden ordering should i be the waiter yeah Okay, can I get you any uh, fritters? Can I get you any chicken fritters? Uh, yeah, I'll start with the minestrone soup. What? The, the minestrone right here. What is that? That's not on the menu, sir. Um, actually, cue her in real life going, <laughs> okay, so one minestrone soup. <laughs> oh, minestrone, minestrone. It's different. Just fucking put it in, bitch. Put it in. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's tough. But anyway, so yeah, so they're on this date. Um, he forgets his he forgets fucking his wallet. wallet. Yeah, just classic. Apparently, when we were looking at this, we were putting that into the category of like worst fear, right? Yeah. First date, no money. Fuck, kill yeah. me, kill <laughs> me now. Apparently, that is not how it works in the single game in 2019. You split, get Split across the board. Good friend of this pod, Megan O, was telling me that, she, like in this past year, she's she's single. She's been on a couple dates, and more times than not, when she goes on a date with a dude, he makes the call, split the bill. Really? Yeah. And now is she anticipating, like maybe she's been put off, and she like anytime she's been recapping it to me, she's put that in like the knock on the guy category. 
And is it just the way that he does it or just the fact that he's not just picking up that check? I think it's a thing that's just like happening with some younger dudes. And like, I think there's still some ladies out there who are like looking at it more old school who are like, hey, you pay the bill, bitch. Like, what the you fuck? You invited me here. Yeah. Like, we're on a date. You, the guy, pay the bill. Look, I'm not going to fucking pull my woke badge out for this. The woke badge stays away. Dudes, kid dudes, pay the fucking pay bill, the bill on a first date. Don't be an idiot. You look dumb as fuck. Do this. Just pay the bill and say, you get it next time. Yeah, something. Something. Just, or just Because I, I can see how it's a tricky it's a tricky place to be. You don't want to, like, you're like, I don't know. It's, it's 2019. Are we, am I looking like a dick if I... Like, refuse to let her pay for a part of the bill? What if she wants to pay for part of the bill? I feel like it's an awkward thing. I feel like the move is just grab it and say, let's just make this clean. You can get it next time. Why not parlay it into, like, extending the night? So you could say, like, oh, no, I'll get this. But you got ice cream cones. That's you. That's the move. Yeah, dude. Just thought of that on the spot. Wish I was still in the game. Damn, dude. If you did, <laughs> if you were still in the game, you And then that way, you're, you're paying the... food bill or whatever and then she's going out and spending you know $10 on two ice cream cones and now you have extended the night past the date win win fellas kid fellas stop sucking dick um okay sorry back to the plot Mark forgets his wallet's freaking out his friend Mike Damone setting up that it is his best friend gets a call from Mark at the restaurant says, can you bring me my wallet? Mm-hmm. Mike does said favor, brings the wallet, saves the day. Yes. Mark and Stacy then go back to Stacy's place. Mm-hmm. Now, Stacy has developed a bit of experience. Over her one sexual, sexual assault. <laughs> and so she's like, well, I guess, uh, I guess it's on. Now I put my foot on the gas pedal yeah. and reach a dangerous place uh, creeping up on sexual assault to Mark the Rat, the little boy. Yes. So uh, Mark has, um, let's just say, nervous energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think he's going to be putting any moves on Stacy, but she invites him in. Let, let's, let's paint a picture on Mark for the kids. Mark looks like Eli Manning. With sweaty palms. With sweatier palms. Definitely has a sweaty palm vibe. If Eli Manning was five foot two and a half and had a head size that was still the same size of Eli Manning, who's six foot three and a professional quarterback. Right. Except that head of Eli Manning is on a five foot one little boy mm-hmm. in high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, Mark, all of his sweaty palms, he's getting advances sexually back at her house correct um i believe she asks she's like i think i'm just gonna change he's like okay and she asks him to unzip her dress oh god at which point you and i know it's on it's on so on so we give each other the the look yeah the patented podcast look Mm -hmm. two podcasters two old pros been sitting in the uh pilot seats for a while we just know when it's on yeah and at this moment it was on. We tuck our boners, we give each other the look, and we don't verbally say it, but we both, the look says it's fucking on Do right you know now. who doesn't know it's on yet? Mark. The little boy. <laughs> <laughs> the little boy with sweaty palms. So he zips her dress down, she goes in her room to change, and she puts on like a robe, nightgown thing. Oh my god. Hides him into her bed. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. The body language, doctors. 
we're diagnosing this scene and just like, hey, Mark, bud, I don't know what more I can do for you right now from a body language perspective to get it through your head that this girl wants to fuck. At which point, uh, Mark just does nothing. So she's like trying to scramble for a way to just fill the dead air. <laughs> she's like, um, do you want to look at my picture album from like my baby pictures and stuff? Yeah, weird move. But really, huh. all it was was to get them closer. Right. She wanted to show him pictures, so now they're like even closer on the bed. Anyways, after a couple tense moments where we think he's just going to wet his pants and leave, he goes in for a kiss. Yes. Big score. And then it's like he ejaculated into his pants with how excited he got. He bitches out and he fucking bounces. Yes. He makes an excuse and then just leaves. We had a very robust dialogue off mic Mm -hmm. when this was happening with the intern, Whitney. We let her come out from behind. Sometimes we let her come out from behind the glass, like when we're watching explosive content on screen, but just for a little bit. And then we make her get back and go to work for no money. And we all three of us had a very robust dialogue about that scene. And two podcasters sitting here in this podcast studio were upset. Because we're saying it doesn't fucking go like that. Right. If you're a dude, all of us dudes have had that moment where you fuck up, you make a mistake, you miss your window, you get cock blocked and miss your window. How many times have you and I missed fucking windows in our lives with ladies? A dude. A lot. Yeah. A lot. (laughs) Make it a habit of just watching windows sail past. I can count. Do windows do that? Yes, they sail. They sail like bridges. I can count on fucking one hand how many windows I haven't missed. (laughs) And I have a big old shoebox full of windows that I have missed. So we, we get the missing your window stuff. That resonates with us. What doesn't resonate with us is the moment that the director chose to do it. It made no sense. It doesn't go like that. You miss your windows a million times leading up to the bedroom scene. But if you're in the fucking bedroom, there's no way... You've made it. He got a kiss. You've Yes, she's in a robe. Basically, what happens is Mark's window is closing like the big door in Indiana Jones. Uh He slides underneath of it, gets a kiss, grabs his hat. He's in the window. He makes it in the room. At which point, he proceeds to turn around pry the gigantic stone door up yeah. and snake back out of it. That's how much work you have to do to get out of that window. Yeah. It it didn't it did not make any sense. It I get what the direct I get what Amy Heckerling is the director was trying to show and that she's trying to show he's inexperienced and he fucks up all of his moments. He doesn't even realize it's on right now even when it is. But you would have to be mentally handicapped. Nice. well done true bro uh the question question becomes and the debate then evolved into 
once regardless of whether he could or could not have gotten in this window whether it was weirdly timed after he leaves the debate became did he officially blew it or did he give himself a better shot yes which that's he, up for debate he inadvertently switched the power dynamic and gave himself more power so it was a good move by him in the in the long run to uh, you, you do that thing where now the girl's thinking about it. She's a little confused and she's like talking to her friends like, I don't get it. Like I, I was giving him all the signs. I was like, I was, it, it, we were laying in my bed and then like he just bounced. Like, what's up? Is he into me? Is he not? And he switched the whole power dynamic. Good job by the little boy, Mark the Rat. He accidentally played a, like a pretty nice hot, cold hand. It However, was, his big mistake, and this is what we were talking about, was if you're going to play that strategy after the coldness happens, you got to bring some heat. You got to bring heat. In your and, next encounter, you got to bring some heat to like put all those all of Stacy's worries aside and be like, "Oh yeah, no, that was just the thing." And then she's like, "She's in." But if you're going to play hot and cold, that's fine. That game is tried and true. We know that works. But then you that means you got to play some hot. You right. can't just go cold however the next scene is them at uh stacy's pool okay <laughs> we're finally getting yeah. to it now so we'll just deal with the, we'll wrap this up real quick and then we'll get to what you've been trying to get to yes him and mike damone show up at stacy's pool stacy and phoebe cates aka linda are just hanging out there sun tanning and whatnot oh, phoebe cates goddamn, she looks so good in a bathing she suit. sure does mark <sighs> needs to show up at this pool and deliver the goods Yes. yes. He shows up and basically just lets his friend Mike Damone slip in. Yes. Yes. Now, moving forward, Stacy has a crush on the more cool, confident, assertive guy who's showing her attention, Mike Damone. Right. And Mark is just out of the picture. Mark the Rat has just been, his, his best friend has just wiggled his way in and is now going to just totally hook up with JJL. Yeah. I would too. I'll be honest. Because Mark had his chance... You, it, dude, it's shit or get off the pot. You don't just get four months to dick around, you know, with this girl. It's like, yeah, he you went, had your shot. He went hot with asking her on a date. That's the heat. Yep. He went cold with uh, running out of her room. Yep. <laughs> and then he just dumped a bucket of ice water on it by not delivering the goods at the pool. Yeah. Okay, now let's get to this fucking scene. Tease over. <laughs> infamous nude scene in movie history i feel like i've seen this image at least a hundred times and had no idea what it was from correct i i've heard the name phoebe cates a million times in my life i've seen that scene a million times in my life i just assumed she was a really big actress because of how many times i've seen that mm-hmm 
go back to earlier in the pod when we said it. she's not. She actually retired shortly <laughs> after. But that scene is so fucking infamous. Do you want to know some facts about that scene? Yeah, I'll take all the facts you have. Number one nude scene of all time ranked and voted on by the people of MrSkin.com. Wow. This is number one. You know, quick thing on that. It just shows you, hey, maybe some... Look, there's porn, dude. We got porn. What? There we, is? What? We got what's that? a treasure trove of porn on the internets. Tons of it. So for nude scenes in movies, we don't need the fucking high-octane, insane porn stuff. We, we need tasteful nudity. We need art. We need art. We need nude art, dude. And that's what this fucking is. Okay, let me quickly, before we get into the art aspect of this nude scene, (laughs) (laughs) let me go back to the fun facts. So, Phoebe Cates, very reluctant topless in this scene. So, a couple things here. One, she was initially reluctant to carry it out, uh, the poolside topless scene at the house, because she thought the neighbors might be spying on the set from the surrounding rooftops. That's what she was worried about? Yes. Interesting. Second thing was the director, Amy Heckerling, states that she got Phoebe Cates to overcome her fear of doing the topless scene by assuring the actress that it would only be for a few seconds and thus wouldn't allow people much time to stare. Ironically, in the following years... During the era, the era of videotape home video, it became a running joke at many video rental stores that copies of Fast Times at Ridgemont High often suffered a predictable flicker during the topless moment because so many renters had paused that video on that shot. Just burn the tape out? Causing excessive wear and tear on the tape at that location. Man, that actually kind of makes me feel uh, like nervous in my stomach for knowing that she didn't even want to do that in the first place. Right. And <laughs> and just how bad does that suck that she was like, all right, well, it's only for a couple seconds and it'll just come and go like, fuck it, whatever. People see it in theater, whatever. And then like home movies, VHS and now DVD and the fucking internet. And now this is all you're known for and you're number one on Mr. Skin's most highly rated nude scene of all time list fuck i wonder if that director feels bad i'd like to be a fly on the wall during that conversation where she's like low-key peer pressure into this. well here's the other it reminds thing. me of like come on just just five seconds come on, <laughs> come on man, nobody i'm, I'm a not lady. gonna tell I'm a anybody. lady director I'm not it's gonna cool. tell anybody just five seconds come on what's the big deal here's God. the thing though fine i get we'll find somebody else corolla always talks about this if you're going to have a snapshot where you're captured nude in life, this is a pretty good time in Phoebe Kate's life to be captured nude for eternity. If I'm her, I'm fine with it. I, she, she is perfect. Her body is perfect. She's what, like 22? Peak of her powers? <laughs> Flawless body? I mean, I was freaking out just even when she wasn't nude in this movie because she's the hottest 80s girl of all time. Not a bad time to be captured forever nude. I just want to say that. Now she's what? Probably in like your 50s and, or 60s. Yeah. And this is what's captured of you. Pretty cool. Last fun fact. So in this scene, Brad, the whole thing is that Brad 
is coming home from like a long day at work. He sees Phoebe Cates in her bikini and he goes into the bathroom and starts feverishly masturbating. Yeah, it should be said that the famous scene is not actually happening in the movie in real life. It's a it's a like a fantasy that Brad's having as he's coming from the bathroom. Yeah. As he's beating off in the bathroom. And so the thing about Brad, just a little fun fact about that scene, Phoebe Cates ends up she comes in walks in on him beating off and like freaks out because she catches him beating off more on that in a second in that scene he's got a dildo a big dildo like where his dick would be and he's like jacking that off so like he wanted her to have like a real reaction of being like mortified when she came in and saw him and so when she came in and saw this guy like jacking off this dildo she was genuinely like creeped out (laughs) That's method. Oh, wait just a minute. Doesn't anybody fucking knock anymore? Okay, now back to the music again. Let's play that again. I just want to again reiterate the art aspect of this nude scene dude okay the fucking it's like rain is coming down there's water coming down it's glittering in the background all over she's like coming out of the pool this music's playing it's in slow motion she's in this unreal smoking hot red bikini there's raindrops and water falling all over in the background perfect lighting Brad walks up. He's in, in his own fantasy. He's in a fucking full suit and tie. We uh, <laughs> did not notice that. Whitney did. Whitney noticed it. <laughs> in turn, Whitney noticed it. And unbuttons her top, then makes out with him. And then that that's when the fucking fantasy ends. She walks in on him in real life, beating off. And I gotta say, if I'm Brad in that moment, I just kill myself. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what other thing we you mentioned can do. It earlier. Brad is on a downward slide at this point. <laughs> he starts off pretty cool. Uh, he's now jacking off in his own bathroom to his little sister's friend, and yep. he's in a pirate suit, right? Because he's got a job at like a <laughs> crab restaurant. <laughs> it's like pirate a themed crab it's like a Long John Silver's, yeah, like a like a crab fast food restaurant. Yikes! Brad's at a low point. I felt real bad for him. <laughs> I felt so bad for him, dude. I, I just, I can't imagine if I get caught, would it just move to Iceland? Yeah. I don't forever? know if that's far enough. Um, Australia? Yeah. Like that's the outback farther. in Australia. Yeah. I mean, I just, I guess do that and then live like on a farm and just be a farmer for the rest of your life. Drawing boomerangs stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Drawing boomerangs with kangaroos. That's what I'd do if I were Brad. Okay, so anything else you have on that scene, or did I belabor it enough? I think you. (laughs) I think you were thrown. It's just, I love it because, like we said, it's like, it's the most tastefully done nude scene I've ever seen. That's why it's number one. That's why it's number one. Mr. Skin. We love that guy. That guy. Okay, back to the plot. You know what? Should we jump to Spicoli? Yeah. Is like one of the last things we'll do. Yeah, because he gets a lot else? of action. He's like one of the top. He's definitely the top build character when the credits come up at the end. 
And I would say he's probably got the most screen time of all these characters. Yeah, the the reason we didn't hit on him too much up to this point is because he doesn't he's not really involved in the plot of this movie. He just has a million one-liners. Yeah, there's just a bunch of scenes with him. He has no like real interaction with any other character besides the teacher, right. which who cares? But he's a main character. Okay, so let's he just is not, go. let's just say he is not involved in any of the teen drama. None. But we'll give him his due. Let's hit him here. Um, I just let's play a clip because there's this scene with him and the teacher, the aforementioned scene that we talked about earlier. The teacher goes out of control and just shows up to his fucking house before prom. Insane move. But before he does, I just let's play another quick clip of Spicoli just so we can get another taste of some of his one-liners. This is when he's in his room before the teacher gets there. He's messing around with his vans, product placement, and then his brother comes in unannounced, and there's this scene. Jeff, you have company. Get out of here, Curtis. I don't hear you unless you knock. <laughs> I just was cracking up when I saw that scene. It's just, every time he talks, I just laugh. Then the teacher comes to his fucking house. Mm-hmm. And... Kind of inappropriate, I would say. He's showing up. You imagine if Hank, previous guest on this pod, is a high school teacher. Instead of like hanging out with us or his wife on like a Saturday night, he goes, you know what? Fuck this kid in my class. I'm going to put on a blazer Mm -hmm. and a full teacher's outfit, khakis, and I'm going to roll over to my high school student's house. And by the way, old as fuck. So he's probably got kids and grandkids. Fuck all that. Not to mention only a couple more years to live. Yeah. And I'm just going to go over to this kid's house and make him sit here and read a book with me for eight hours. Psycho. So let's play another clip of Spicoli reading like his learnings or thoughts of this book. What Jefferson was saying was, hey, you know, we left this England place because it was bogus. So if we don't get some cool rules ourselves, pronto... We'll just be bogus too. Yeah? Very close, Jeff. Well, I think I've made my point with you tonight, huh? Also, a classic scene I I need to bring up if we're talking about Spicoli, because I also knew about this scene before I even kind of this movie was on my radar. He orders a pizza in class. Oh yeah. Power move. <laughs> <laughs> it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you did that in high school like that. That is, though, in that realm of like I could see people like kids who are like a little more rebellious in high school. I could see like thinking that was going to be funny and doing that ill advised move, like just ordering a fucking pizza and then getting like a couple of detentions for it. Um, fun fact about Spicoli. James Franco watched this movie numerous times to as inspiration before he played his character in Pineapple Express to like oh that's a nice tip yeah get in the I right see mindset that. yeah yeah um so I think a lot of his scenes in Pineapple Express which are hilarious is like an homage to Spicoli in Fast Times at Richmond High and then dude the movie just well okay yeah, yeah we the movie is that, winding it's, down it's, the movie's yeah. winding down and it's just like it could have ended right there and then yeah. all of a sudden, we cut to Brad, who now has a new job. He's quit his pirate job right. at the restaurant, and he is just the cashier at a convenience store. Yeah. 
and he's hanging out. Spicoli comes in, buys some stuff, and goes into the bathroom. And a robber comes in and <laughs> yeah. holds the place up. Yeah. Brad's having another terrible customer experience nightmare on his hands. And uh, Spicoli comes out of the bathroom while he's getting stuck up. <laughs> and Brad, in a heroic move, uses that distraction to dump a bunch of hot coffee on this gunman. Yep. And then uh, steal his gun and basically save the day. Yeah. It... He then gets promoted to manager. And it just flashes up on the screen, Brad, promoted to manager. And then you get the montage of all the characters Which and is what they're up to. It was interesting because even though the, the ending was kind of climactic with that, like a big robbery and Brad saves the day, at no point when I was watching it did I ever have a feeling of like, that was a big crescendo everything's been building to that and we just had the big end no yeah i never had that feeling building to that at all it's just kind of a little weird button on the end of the movie yeah it was a weird way to end it and then just get in and and i think it did tie back to that fun fact earlier about the director she really did you know now they have all these like slice of life indie movies where Mm -hmm. it's like it's always the challenge with those is how to how to mend it a lot of the times they don't even end. And I, I think Zerb uh, always hates those movies because he's like, what the fuck was that? Like, it didn't even have an ending. Isn't that his stance usually? Um, I don't know specifically. It, it might be. I, I just in my head, I remember him saying that a lot of like, what the fuck? That, that, why did we sit here for two hours? Nothing happened. But I, I don't really think I've ever seen it on a comedy as much. Like where there's no, there's a loose plot the whole time, and it's just kind of like a slice of life comedy. Yeah, a little bit of a resolution with Mark and Stacy, who seem to like maybe, kind of maybe like, I don't know, like they might be starting to date. Who knows? To me, I looked kind at of. it more. <laughs> I put it more honestly in that dazed and confused camp of like, this is just a snapshot of like over the course of one week or two days or whatever it is. And over this, it's the course of one year, but it's like, this is just a snapshot of like the highlights of high school. And we're just going to show that snapshot, everything that happens. It's not going to have like a, a story that leads to a big ending. It's just, here's the snapshot. Mm-hmm. And I kind of appreciated it. Yeah. I think all of us did. Cause even intern Whitney was saying that was probably the best movie we've done on this pod. Yeah, I really like that movie. I wonder if that ending was just kind of a wink at that kind of thing. Like, hey, we know we're not, we didn't really tell a story here, but here you go. Here's a nice ending for you. I think I like movies like that because it's just so much more realistic. It's just like, this is how it really is. It's good to have the big, like, movies, drama movies where it's like everything's leading to this one seminal moment and then it all, like, ties up into a nice little bow and everything but it's also kind of nice to just have this little snapshot and then you go yeah get your separate ways yeah i loved it dude who's really your mvp that movie you want my mvp yeah <laughs> my mvp in this particular movie about 30 percent of the time he was on screen was wearing a pirate hat yep points he got fired twice Points. Promoted once. Points. <laughs> really came through for his sister in a big way. Uh-huh. And we didn't even talk about that. She had to get an it's abortion. Probably, <laughs> it's probably for the best. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> and famously uh, got caught jerking off in the bathroom by Phoebe Cates after the most famous scene of the movie. Bad moment for him, but 
MVP credentials Tough are. Tough for Brad. You're churning. He's my guy, though. MVP mm-hmm. is Brad. And, like like we said, we usually try to avoid giving this to just our favorite character. It's usually the person who just, like, stirs up the most drama. Uh-huh. And for this, I think it's Brad, because so much happened to him. Yeah. I would have been cool giving it to Brad or Phoebe Cates, but Phoebe Cates, it was literally just for the one scene. Brad, yeah. Brad was doing it the whole movie. Right, right, right. Phoebe Cates just kind of comes in every once in a while, gets famously nude in red bikini, and then, and then bails. But Brad is the guy who's really going to sell those jeans for us. Mm. And as usual, mm-hmm. this MVP has been brought to you by the industry of Japanese denim. Thank you, Japanese denim. Japanese made, podcaster approved. Thank you, Japanese denim. We love you so much. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like all the characters. I mean, do we think JJL was the lead? Because she was That's the one was the story followed for the most part. But Brad was kind of doing his own thing, kind of loosely tied in. Spicoli was doing his it own thing. Weird. You kind of got like a point of view a little bit from Mark, a little bit, and a little bit from Stacy. And a little bit from Brad, like, he kind of followed over their shoulder. I feel like whenever Spicoli was on screen, you saw him as just, like, another classmate. Like, when he was on the screen, yeah. you felt like you were sitting yeah. in the desk at the back of the room watching him get in trouble. For ordering a pizza into the class. Yeah. 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 But for some of the other characters, I feel like you were more, like, riding with them. Yeah. I loved Brad in this role. It was weird to me that he didn't go on to become... I mean, he's getting MVPs on this VL podcast, and he didn't even do shit after this. Yeah, I mean, he burned hot. Oh, I remember what he is in King of Queens. He's, for one episode, like, the greatest gynecologist in Queens. Nice. Like, of all time. And so, he's got, like, a six-month waiting list to get in with him. And he's, like, this master gynecologist. And then, I know he was in The Santa Claus. Isn't he, like, a dick? villain in the santa claus with tim allen my boyfriend it's been a while he's since a... i've seen the santa claus with tim allen whitney what? is what? he the guy who doesn't believe yeah stepdad neil stepdad classic i knew he is a villain stepdad neil wow. makes whitney, so whitney much just sense. earned her christmas bonus thank you whitney whitney that's only coming in chocolate so it's not gonna be in the form of money <laughs> Way to go, Brad. Way to go, Brad. Getting MVPs. Japanese made. Podcaster approved. Way to go, Brad. On this podcast, you get it. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Love that movie, dude. I'm glad we got in when it started. Yeah, Teen drama. It started. Teen comedy. That's teen comedy. Where it all started. High school teen movie. Kids, I hope you enjoyed the little trip we just took down memory lane. And kids, now it's getting late and it's time for you to tuck on in, kids. You sleep tight. You have a really good night. Sleep, kids. And Pat, what are you going to tell them? Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.